Welcome back to my watery grave, where we examine the truly horrific and mysterious stories from across the globe at the fine hour of midnight. I'm alone at sea this evening, just rounded the southern tip of Africa. I look out at the dark water that surrounds the ship like a single star in an otherwise black sky. I don't know where I'm heading, maybe Australia, but I haven't decided really. As I travel on aimlessly into the dark, I'm reminded of a peculiar tale. One of a lonesome road devouring unsuspecting people. This story is much less grandiose and has far less consequences than most of my other stories, but it's still quite entertaining in its resolution. In Pennsylvania, USA, there is a surprising number of deaths in a small stretch of the Interstate 80 that were never fully explained by local authorities. There were always causes of death, but the explanations lacked detail. Anyway, enough dancing around it. Let's jump into the story. Highway lines passed by rhythmically on the lifeless patch of Interstate 80. This was a normal occurrence for Weston Adams a semi-truck driver working the East Coast. He felt calmed by the consistency of driving at this early morning hour. There's nobody on the road to worry about, just him and his truck barreling down the road, the only light in an otherwise expanse of darkness. The light of the road reflectors were that of like little beacons showing him where the road was taking him next. Weston always had a sort of appreciation for those small reflectors. To most people, they probably didn't pay much attention to them, but Wesson felt they played a more important role as an otherwise helpful indicator of where the road ended and where nature took over. Maybe he felt a sort of empathy for them, as he too felt he was underappreciated by the general populace, and he just wanted some sort of recognition that he was an important transporting goods across the Northeast. Maybe because as a kid he would watch them and count them on his family's road trips. There was nothing special about these reflectors that he's passed by now, as they are exactly like the other ones he had passed by numerous times before. But for some reason he had been getting lost in thought when looking at them, constantly realizing he wasn't paying attention to the road and swerving back into his lane. Weston, being a seasoned driver, realizing that he is probably too tired and needs to pull over for some sleep. And, as that thought passed by in his brain, so did a sign pass by his truck for a rest area only a few miles ahead. What luck, he thought. Five miles is nothing for him, as it accounts for less than a percent of his usual routes. Miles continued to pass by in this dead zone of road, and Weston, knowing full well he had already gone four miles, is quite confused because he still can't see any rest area or any light of any kind except his own and his beloved reflectors beaming it back at him. Another curious observance Weston noticed was that the shoulders for the road have decreased to nothing at all, which is quite strange for the interstate. Just after he thought that, another rest area sign stating only five more miles before the sweet release of sleep, which also put off Weston. Sweet release of sleep? Who the fuck phrased that? 
but Weston could look past that and just be happy that the rest area should be coming over the horizon soon. And he figured that he had probably just misread the last sign at 5 miles instead of 15. He continued on his way, getting more and more lost in thought, and always centered on those insignificant reflectors. He swerved back into consciousness and back into his lane. 29 years driving this truck and he had never had this much trouble concentrating on the road. He was really starting to worry and pray for the rest area. Just a couple more miles and then I can sleep, he told himself over and over again. As a couple miles passed though, he saw no signs of rest. Just more road continuing non-stop into blackness. A couple more miles passed and Weston is panicking. He can't stop focusing on those reflectors. God, what is it with those fucking things? They're in my head, Weston shouted now, quite irate about the lack of rest area. Instead of the normal calm he feels from the reflectors, he now feels anger and scared by them. It was almost as if they were tormenting him, not allowing him to pull off, not faltering at all in their journey down the road, and they weren't going to let Weston falter either. Weston, by this point, was craving the so-called sweet release of sleep, and would do anything to get off this road. Swerving constantly, by this point, Weston was taking up both lanes all the time, weaving in and out all over the highway lines. A final rest sign passes and only says, Sleep? Pull off now! An off-ramp was visible, and Weston would do anything in his power to be on it. He cranked the wheel and was exiting to the rest area, but before he could realize what was happening, it was too late. He had broken through a barrier and he was heading directly into the woods on the side of the road. The last thing Weston Adams ever saw was a broken reflector peeking up at him from the front of his grill and the tree that he rammed headfirst into. The police report indicated that Weston had had no alcohol or drugs in his system. His employers said that they never had any issues with him before, and that all of his friends said he was completely fine before he left on his route. His cause of death was a tree branch impaling him in his seat. They ruled it an accident instead of a suicide, chalking it up to him swerving to miss a deer. He had seemingly cranked the wheel and drove straight off of the road. There was no exit or off-ramp close by. There was nothing for several miles down the road. Just the reflectors, and then trees. Several months later, on a return family road trip, the Martin family were driving their 97 Dodge Caravan down the same stretch of highway late one Wednesday night. They traveled to Nashville, Tennessee for an early summer vacation, and they were on their way back to their hometown in Bloomberg. Ron Martin was the patriarch of the family, and he was driving with his wife Heather in the passenger seat. Their sons Jack and Ryan, ages 12 and 13 respectively, sat in the back. The family had enjoyed their road trips stopping by at all the local attractions on the way. They were getting close to home as it was only a couple dozen miles away, but night had fallen long ago, and everyone in the car was quiet, focused on their own separate things. Both kids were asleep in the back seat, leaning against the cool windows as they peacefully unknowingly sped down the road. 
After a small patch of rough road rocked Jack slightly awake. He looked at the window tiredly. He could see the van's headlight dimly light the vegetation and reflectors in front of the rear window. Entranced by the repetitive glowing light flying by in front of the dark green landscape, he started to dream with his eyes open, almost as if reality was glazed over and something else was showing him a new world. One slightly altered, as the husband and wife drove down the interstate, unaware that their child had awoken and is now staring out the window in wonder. Jack sees a beautiful buck running alongside the van. The deer was bigger than your average one. It had a massive rack and it ran at unnervingly fast speeds. There was a soft blue glow emitting from the deer and as Jack watched in peaceful bliss, he felt safe knowing that it wasn't going to hit the car. Three miles pass as the 15-foot deer gallops gracefully alongside the car. The deer starts to turn its head, still holding it high and proud. What Jack saw next was not that of a solemn buck's eyes soothing him still. It was eight piercing black orbs, staring directly back into Jack's own eyes. Jack startled in his trance as the look of that deer was no longer safe. It looked angry, almost as if the deer-like creature didn't realize his company until now. The beast starts to get lower to the ground and moves slowly towards the van. Jack startled and panicking, he wanted to call out to his parents, but he felt petrified, completely unable to move, just forced to watch as this monster races with the van down the otherwise deserted highway. The horror for that kid wasn't done though. As the deer got closer, it started to sprout out a second pair of legs. Broken free from his trance by pure terror, Jack shrieked out calling for help as the beast starts rushing towards the side of the car. His brother shocked awake by the scream and his parents terrified by what could have scared their child like that. Both of them turned to see Jack pushing away from the window as much as he could squishing into his other brother. Jack screamed out that it's about to hit the car, and as Jack saw this horrific deer spider bash into the side of the vehicle, so did an actual deer in the road run into the front of the van. Ron, feeling the surprised impact, jerked the steering wheel towards off the road. The passenger tire falling off the edge first, along with the wheel jerk, caused the van to roll, tumbling end over end off the interstate at 80 miles an hour. You can only hope that all parties died quickly. Early the next morning, as police and an ambulance arrive on the scene, the police figured that they knew exactly what happened to the family. And in a way, they were exactly right. A deer ran out in front of them. They panicked and crashed. Five deaths in a few months on the same road seem high, but that was just due to the unfortunate loss of an entire family. But two crashes aren't as out of the ordinary. A third crash, however, happened only a month later. It was the same stretch of highway, same circumstances. Rachel Forrester was a college student attending Westminster College and driving home for her summer vacation. She was excited to get back. Her semester hadn't gone well. Her finals gave her some trouble, but 
She was finally done, and for a while she just wanted to enjoy the relaxation. As she raced down the interstate, listening to the radio and drinking a large soda that she had gotten from the last gas station she stopped at, she thought about the beach. She had been driving for hours and hadn't passed by anyone, and hadn't even had a slip-up yet. There was nothing that was going to stop her from her vacation with her family. Her parents had planned a trip to the Hamptons and were going to stay in a condo. She was so tired of the cold Pennsylvania winter and spring. Sadly, she won't be cold for long as the reflectors decided to take hold. When she finished her drink, the repetitive drinking that had once stopped her from being distracted by those alluring reflectors, it was now gone. She continued to drive down the road and in the night. Pulsating reflectors shine over her face, almost as if scanning it. Over and over and over again, those beams scanned over her face and eyes, putting her in a deep hypnosis state. The only thing Rachel wanted was the sun's warmth, and the reflectors knew this, and so they jumped on that. By this point, Rachel was an autopilot, completely numb to the world around her and practically relying on her alignment to keep her on the road. Reaching down not for the empty soda as she had many times before, she pushed in the cigarette lighter. She waits as minutes pass, still driving in the dark woods, for the lighter to get hot enough. She grabs it out, and for a moment the soft, orangish-red glow from the coils lightly heats the side of her cheek. The reflectors end the warmth as they make her put it face down on the carpeted floor. Slowly, smoke starts to rise up from her hand, and a small fire is inside the vehicle but she couldn't care less. She is just feeling the heat and is liking what she feels. The fire spreads as it starts to consume everything in the car. She does not feel pain, only a gentle warmth as the car is completely immolated. Soon after everything in the car was on fire, including Rachel herself, the car skidded against the center margin and eventually slowed to a stop. Windows broken out from the heat, and smoke and fire billowing out of the car. That black smoke rising blended in with the starless night. Once again, police arrive on the scene, after the fire was out, but while the car was still hot. The report, I can imagine, was difficult to write. No one wanted to believe it was suicide, especially not when the cause of death is so horrific. The cause of the fire was ruled as an accidental electrical short. No explanation for how she allowed the fire to get that out of hand and died in it. But, doesn't matter, I guess. That'll be the last death I described due to this highway, as it doesn't stop at just these three. There have been several handfuls of these accidents, all with their own unique story and what they have experienced on this journey. I won't get into how I know how these things happen in those vehicles either, for that is a story of another time. But I will tell you the resolution to these interstate deaths, as it's actually rather humorous and accidental. No one realized how or why these deaths happened. The idea of malicious reflectors making people hallucinate to their demises is certainly out there. But as time went on, 
more people died, and as the towns grew along that small stretch of highway, in that woods in Pennsylvania, a gas station was placed. And with that, an off-ramp had to be constructed along with a deceleration lane. And in a stroke of luck, those evil reflectors were pulled out and thrown away. Sometimes, people can inadvertently do the right thing. Maybe that's the only way people can do some good. After the construction began, there were no more accidents. Some people theorized that it caused the deer to avoid the area more, and it allowed a place for sleepy drivers to pull off. Once again, they were partially right, but not entirely. And just like that, yet another evil entity is taken care of in a very unorthodox way. I must admit, I'm slightly jealous. I don't think I've ever been lucky enough to resolve a mystery and provide snack foods to this area at the same time. Nevertheless, we continue on together into the night. A seemingly dead sea surrounds my ship, and as I look out onto the water around me, it has a calming effect as it softly sloshes against the hole. Funny, maybe this water might have its own nefarious intentions as well. Looks like it's time to end the show for tonight. Stay safe out there. As times change, it may bring new prosperous things. It also may bring destruction. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. Stay vigilant. There are dark forces among us.